Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. But today we've got an amazing special guest speaker. He has been mentored by high level. Been raised by the finest, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to take up. But yesterday, it's it's crazy how the kingdom works. So we traveled all over everywhere in the past 40 plus years and all that. But uh, coming back home, which is what we've done uh, by coming to this church, Greg was born in Portland, Oregon, and he was born on a Thursday, and he was in church on Sunday, and has been on church every ever since. That's just the way PKs work. And I I met a PK earlier today. I'm I apologize, and I'm sorry, but you're here. Uh, but so Greg gets up, and Helen Fox and Mitch babysit our kids when they were little. So Greg gets up, and he's he's thanking Helen. And he said, oh, and by the way, Helen, sorry for the diapers. And that's when I lost it. I'm just like, so uh, he has a high level of, of, of humor, which is good. But uh, Greg, would you come on up? And uh, yeah, he's my son, and that means nothing other than, than in it all, he found Jesus to be his true father. That's what it means more than anything. I love you, son. Glad you're here. Take your liberties and preach to the people today. You got it. You got it. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, People's Church. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I've been up since four in the morning. Can you tell? <laughs> Can you turn this mic just down a little bit? I want to, uh, it's just a little hot, but good morning, People's Church. Absolutely an honor. Absolutely a privilege and an honor to be here this morning and beautiful picture of North Cowboys coming into the Pacific Northwest and, and even this morning with the worship team, you know, just having some North Cowboys up, up here with you guys and, and just marrying that, that those two teams, just a beautiful thing. And, and I have to say that this morning, Honestly, man, I, I pray for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, I just, my heart hurts for them. You know, I, I stayed up all night and just thank God for the 49er win. <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on. Are you guys awake? Um, but hey, no, seriously, I'd probably a raw tender, you know, thing, but I just figured I'd get that in there before the message. But wow, that was crazy. That was crazy. But we, um, so we're going to go back and, you know, celebrate and things like that. I uh, was just saying. Um, but honestly, this weekend has been just absolutely, you know, just exceeded our expectations. Honestly, we, we came up because of the love of my dad and, and, and just, you know, wanted to hang out with dad and, and shoot guns and, and, and just, you know, we didn't get to do that because the, because the meeting yesterday went for 10 hours, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know, it just, when vision is flowing, you just roll with it. You just roll with it. And, um, it was a good thing. So man, this morning, can we pray one more time and just ask for the Holy spirit to just open our ears and to open our hearts. More importantly, that his word, not my word, his image, not my image would rest in us today, rest on us. So father, Holy spirit, get me out of the way. 
Get me out of out of the way, Jesus, and let your word shine. Let your word be the preeminent thing known in this house this morning. God, thank you for what you're doing this weekend. Thank you for what you have done, and thank you for what you're going to do this morning. And Jesus, we say yes and amen to it. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the People's Church. I love that name. I got to say, I love that name. And it's an absolute incredible name. And um, it's just, this this house is going to be full of people. You know, it's as simple as that. It's going to be full with people and the legacy and the history that that has been here. Uh, get ready, you guys. Get ready. Junior, I'm glad that you're here, man, with your family. Uh, get ready. But this is this is the people's church, and there's going to be a lot more families coming into the house of God. There's going to be a lot more people, so I hope you're ready to host a lot of a lot of dinners. I hope you're ready to to watch a lot of football games and to make a lot of chicken wings and to connect and pray and meet with the Holy Spirit and just the life. There's there's life in this house, and I just wanted to say thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and from our my, my best friends Jared and Mick and and just so you guys know. A little bit about me. Born in Portland, Oregon. Graduated from Portland Bible College. Uh, done some ministry stuff in 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 recent years, and just just absolutely um, blessed and and favored. My the real best decision of my life is obviously Jesus, but the real best decision is that I fa- the fact that I married my wife Tammy, and uh, Tammy literally has been the best thing that has ever happened to me besides Jesus Christ. And so we have been married 23 years. 23 years been married, and um, we have two daughters. We're almost empty nesters. We're almost empty nester. So one daughter uh, graduated high school and she went down to Ventura, California and did an internship program down there. And she got the SoCal life. I don't know if you've ever been to SoCal, but it's nice down there. And she got a little bit of, she got a taste of the coffee shops and, and, and the beaches and all that stuff. She got the SoCal. She said, Dad, I ain't ever coming back. <laughs> so me and Tam, we're like, you know, licking our wounds. And, and, and it's so weird being in a quiet we're like, oh, I'm, you know, most of you guys probably experienced that, but like, we're like, oh my gosh, where, where are our kids? What do we do? Do I even like you? Like, what do we do with each other right now? You know? And so, so we, so my wife started a cookie business and it's blowing up on Instagram and people are buying cookies like crazy. But I just want to say, um, my family says, hello, dad, thank you so much for, for letting us come and preach. And, and, uh, let's jump in, let's jump into what the father has said for us. And, um, I have been praying and marinating and, and really just asking the Holy Spirit to, to speak and use me, uh, this morning. And I have a message that, that I believe is absolutely timely and relevant for, for your ears and for more importantly, your heart this morning. So are you guys ready to receive the word? So this morning, we're gonna, the title of the message is called Jesus People. Jesus people. And why is it called Jesus people? Because it's appropriate. This is the people's church. This is the people's church. It's a throwback to the 1970s Jesus movement. And it's the California Greek version of Jesus loves you, dude. It's Jesus people. But more importantly, we want to look at three years of ministry of the most important person that has ever touched dirt on the earth. Three years of the most important, the most highly lifted, the most important person on the planet. And, and we want to look at this morning what happens when Jesus encounters broken people. What happens when Jesus encounters whole people? What happens when Jesus encounters sick, divorced, healthy, rich Poor, poverty stricken. There's something that happens when the encounter and the person of Jesus Christ touches and touches your life and touches your heart. And everybody in this room is here because 
of Jesus. Because of the great invitation and the great, the great love of Jesus Christ. I'm here because of Jesus. You're here because of Jesus. And that's so it's my honor to dig deep into the life and the time and three years and the ministry moments of Jesus because there's nobody like Jesus. There never has been. There never will be. He's the only one that's worthy to open the scroll and begin to read from the book. He's the one that is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's the first Adam. He's the last Adam. He's Jesus Christ. He's the one and only true living God. He's the one that came from heaven. Come on, are you guys awake this morning? And he offered us salvation and he offered us a relationship, not religion. He offered us a true relationship. I love what my dad said this morning, that if Jesus was here, we'd have been eating those chicken wings, and it's absolutely true. Jesus loved chicken wings. That's all I'm saying. Let me say this. Let me read from this poem to to start it out. One Solitary Life, and this is written by an author named David Schrock. It says this. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He worked until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family. He never owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never traveled more than 200 miles from his hometown. He did none of those things that one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when public opinion turned against him and his friends ran away and he was turned over to his enemies and he went through a mock trial and he was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his clothes. The only property he had. After his execution... He was laid in a borrowed grave. And through the pity of a friend, 20, he was buried in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 20 centuries have come and gone. And today still he remains the central figure of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, and all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected you and I, humanity, as much as this one solitary life. Jesus. Can you feel it? You know, by some theological counts, there's only 36 miracles recorded in scripture. And some of them, if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're really, there's repeats. So there's snapshots of, of things that Jesus did and, and, and what he did. So you have Matthew and you have Mark, you have have Matthew, the tax collector, you have Mark, you have Luke, the doctor, you have all these different personalities, just like the front row here. You got Mike, the worship leader. You got Randy, the worship leader. You got dad, the Yukon bear killing maniac. And (laughs) you got all the different personalities and it still was the same in Jesus's day. 36, 36 miracles, moments, in time. Moments in history. Some of them are repeated. Some of them, some of them are, are, are solo acts that we see. And today we're going to look at one. Because I figured if we come to the people's church, we'd talk about being Jesus people. We're going to look at one. And it's, know this, it's, it's, you know, people tend to see your life in snapshots, right? They tend to see you. And most of the time, people judge us by our worst moment. Most of the time, people come and they see a snapshot. Failure! 
I saw a thing on Instagram that it's like, you know, your best wins are written in sand and those things that are cringeworthy are written in like cement and granite, right? <laughs> why, why is it like that? But, but, but moments, this is a moment in time of Jesus's life. And we're going to look at one and, and I want to encourage us and start to think about that you're in a season right now. You're in a particular season in Jesus, in the people's church. And it's a snapshot. It's a snapshot. It's a moment in time. And Jesus wants to share with you. He wants to be with you. So 36 miracles. And, and it reminds me, it's all, I've always thought this scripture was pretty interesting. And it looks like, hey, they got it. That's cool. They have it up there first and then back here. Thank you. Can we just thank the tech team? Come on. Love you guys. It says this. And I've always thought this scripture was pretty trippy. So it says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Obviously, there's some hyperbole here. Obviously, there's some hyperbole. And what he's saying is, listen, obviously, it wouldn't take all the books in the world to record what Jesus did. But Jesus did more. Jesus did more. Windows. Seasons. Seasons in time. And there's hyperbole. John's making the point that it was very clear that this is a glimpse. It's it's the ministry years. It's the three years. Three years that Jesus touched the planet. It says this, that in John chapter one, it says, it says the word become, became flesh. So that literally means your Bible, young people, your Bible became a man. The actual 613 commandments that the Israelites and the Jewish community were responsible for keeping. And it was impossible. I can't even keep one. The 613 that the oppression, the heaviness, the, 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 the cloaks, the, the, the robes, the crowns, the, the plates that the high priest would wear and put on. The ceremony, the responsibility, the 613 becomes a man. And he walks with us. Have you ever, it, it says that, that word incarnation, it comes from the Greek word carne. It's, it's, it's actually like, have you ever had chili with meat? Incarnation is Jesus with meat. It's literally, that's the, that's the etymology that Jesus became. He touched earth and Matthew 4, 24, check this out. News about him spread as far as Syria and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick and whatever their sickness or disease or demon possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Well, if you don't believe it, let's go to Matthew eight sixteen. That evening, many demon possessed people were brought to Jesus and he cast out evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all who were sick. Let me just, let me paint a picture for the people's church. You know, like... If there's word that the presence and the power of Jesus is present to heal in this room, you will not contain the amount of people that will come and enter into this room. In Israel, the word got to around, the, the word got around to the community. Remember, Jesus never, he didn't travel 200 miles outside. He's just in his community. He's in Vancouver. He's just doing the work. He's healing people. He's praying. Simple, simple command, healing. And word gets out. Can you, can you imagine? Let me tell you this. 
If I had an epileptic daughter or a sickness in my family or whatever, guess what? I'm going to load up the camels. I'm going to load up the, the horse thing. And I'm going to make the trek from Judea down to Israel to see the rumor of who this Jesus is. In Acts chapter 10, 38, it says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Let me just pause and time out and say, that's a really good job description for the people's church. If the people's church was just to do those two things, just go around, heal all the sick and help people because God was with you. And in fact, that is the job description of the people's church. In John chapter 20, verse 21, it says this, as the father has sent me, so am I sending you. So as we begin 2023, happy new year. I know it's a little late. As we begin 2023 and a new season for the people's church, I thought it best that we describe the ministry years of Jesus. And obviously all of this was pointing to the cross and Calvary. And 2000 years later, here we are sitting the resurrection, the ability to be forgiven. But as we consider in this new year in 2023, what, what Jesus is doing amongst the people's church, I thought, I thought we should ask a question of ourselves this morning. I thought we should ask just a quick question. What is one word that would represent when Jesus came down and he touched his feet on the shore and he, and he walked along the shoreline, the Lake of Galilee, and he sat around the fire pits with his boys and his friends, I mean, and he hung out. I, I believe that that one word would be compassion. It would be compassion. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says this. Well, first let me say this. Jesus has the ability to see past the demon, past the disease, past the adultery, past the divorce, past the bankruptcy, past the failure, and see the person behind that. He can see the little kid behind all the life experience. All the stuff that's led up to, some of us go, man, how did I end up here? How did I end up here? And Jesus, this word compassion, he has the ability to see that. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns, villages, and when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So, so a few minutes, for a few, a few minutes this morning, we're going to look at a, a snapshot. We're going to look at a, a cameo, a, a snapshot of one healing of the 36. One healing of the 36. And we're going to look at this and understand we're going to watch a quick little video clip. So, and, and it's an artist's rendition of a 2000 year old moment. And I believe that it accurately represents this healing moment that Jesus had, and it's when Jesus healed a leper. So in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, 4, would you guys read this with me? Not out loud, but just read it. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him, and he knelt before him. And he said, Lord, the, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me, and you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out, and he touched him. And what did Jesus say? I am willing. He said, be healed, and then instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him in the red letters, don't tell anyone about this. 
Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you and take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. You know, one of the things that I think is, is missed in this, uh, cameo, this, the story is, is that we rush through, we, we run through the offering that the leper was to bring. And did you notice Jesus said, don't tell anybody, but just go to the priest. Go to the priest and offer the offering. He's talking about, he's referring, remember, he's the lamb, he's, he's the word. He's actually like the word in flesh. So he knows all these verses. <laughs> so he's referring in Leviticus chapter 14, he's, he's referring to the offering that the leper was to bring. And, and it's, it's very interesting. The offering, when, when a leper, when someone has a stigma on them, when someone has, uh, you know, in this case, leprosy, they were ostracized. They were put out of the community. They were put out of the community and they were ostracized. But when they were better, they were to come and they were to present an offering to the priest. And in Leviticus chapter 14, it's crazy. It, it lays out what Jesus is actually referring to. And it says this, that when the leprosy is gone, that the leper is supposed to, at his own cost, at his own price, go purchase a lamb, a dove, and a jar of oil. Oh, gee, Jesus is a lot smarter than we are. He's supposed to purchase a lamb? A lamb. Hmm, that's interesting. A lamb? <laughs> a dove. That's, that's pretty interesting. And, and then he's supposed to go to the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting with his lamb, his, his dove, and his oil. And he's supposed to say, I don't have leprosy anymore. And then the priest, his job in Leviticus 14 is he would take the blood of that lamb and he would put it on his ears, his head, his hands, and his feet. Interesting. And then he would take the oil and he would pour it in the hands of this now healed man. And then he would take the oil, whatever was left over, and pour it over the head of the cleansed man. And then he would take the dove and he would set Interesting that it was at the expense of the leper. And if you read deep in Leviticus chapter 14, it says that if a leper, if you can't afford your lamb, and it, it, there's a provision for it, the priest will provide it. I can't help but think that we are to present our hearts before the tabernacle of meeting, and we can't afford the but don't worry, one has been provided for you by your Father in heaven. So Jesus is not only healing the leper, and interesting, it took a ceremony process of eight days in Leviticus 14, but Jesus, when he did it, the, the Leviticus 14 becoming a man, instantly. We're good on the whole, the whole ceremony thing. We'll just, we'll just, we'll bypass the, the ceremony thing. We'll just take care of it. Because I love you. Interesting that that this is how Jesus moves. And I, I want to address something, an interesting trait. And I know we're coming up. I'm, I'll end in five minutes. First, let's address an interesting trait. Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Maybe this is a key to moving in the supernatural, not seeking our own recognition. Maybe, doesn't say this in the scripture, number two, maybe he was just trying to buy more time to love on more people. Because when the word got out, he got crucified. 
So just a couple thoughts for you. Pray for people regardless of who gets the recognition. Spend as much time at the business of loving and healing people through the anointing that Jesus said, as I have been sent, you have been sent. The oil poured over over your head. So one of the great misrepresentations of all time is that Jesus is the head of a religion. Yeah, that's not right. He's not a head of a religion. He didn't come to start a religion. He didn't come to, to introduce rules and 613 ceremonies. And, and, and how can you say that, you know, the Old Testament, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. So I want to say this. Jesus took the focus of the holiness of God and he changed it to the compassionate of God without ever losing the holiness. He just switched the focus. And Mickey, if I could have you come up. It says this, that at some point, you know, just thinking, at some point, you know, the church has gained a reputation. The church has gained a reputation from from being upstanding. <laughs> you remember that? Remember that? That yeah, at one point, you know, people thought of, of the church as it's upstanding. And now, you know, in the last 20 years, we have seen the switch that that we are bigoted. We're judgmental. We, we don't like certain groups of people and, and, you know, I grew up and, and a lot of times and, and seeing churches that you're welcome here, but if you have gone through a life experience and have failed and messed up, you're not welcome here. Jesus tore the signs down. Jesus tore the signs down. He tore the signs down. He took the focus off of the rules, the 613 laws, and he put it on the compassion of let me give you the love and the life of righteousness that I lived and you can appropriate that on yourself and you can receive it with grace and humility and you can accept the righteousness that Christ has and you can know that you stand right before Jesus and you are right before God. It's one of the misrepresentations is that you have to live it and be accurate and be correct. Ooh, sorry if I'm confronting some signs. We're really good at putting up signs. So number one, two points today. Number one, as the people's church, as Jesus' people, would you join Jesus in eliminating religious and moral casting systems? We're really good at putting up signs and the quorum of the Essenes, I, I won't read it, but there's this group of people that wrote and they were responsible for writing the law and recording the law. And it says this, that, that it says this, that no madman, lunatic or simpleton or fool, no blind man or maimed or lame, deaf or physical deformed or any other undesirable shall be in our group. <laughs> man, we're good at putting up signs. The list, just so you know, it also included women and minors. So good luck with that. In the 1800s, we, I have to show this picture. In the 1800s, this is a historical fact that there's three courts in the temple of Israel, uh, in the temple found in Jerusalem. There's the court of the women, the court of the Gentiles, the court of, uh, of, of the, the men, and then you have the holy place, and then you have the most holy place. There's, there's, there's walls. <laughs> there's levels. And isn't it interesting that they found an inscription, they, they found a sign 
on the wall of the temple. And it says this, to all pagans proceed under penalty of death. Found in the New Testament. We're good at putting up signs, but Jesus is better at tearing them down. Come on. So if you have a, a, as Jesus people, I, I believe this word is given for you this morning. That one point, first point, join Jesus as Jesus people in relim- eliminating moral casting systems. If you've been through a divorce, if you've been through adultery, if you've been through banks- bankruptcy, I have been through bankruptcy. Just so you know, did you think I was perfect? No, I'm not. That is a sign that stuck on my life on the world for seven years. And it also stuck on me in the church community as well. I planted it. I helped plant a church in St. Louis and failed miserably. That was a stigma that was applied to my life. It's a sign. You didn't think that I had this all together, right? It's okay. I don't think you do either. It's funny. It's, I can imagine the, the greeting team. You're welcome here. You are loved. You belong. Welcome home to all pagans proceed under the penalty of death. <laughs> can you imagine that was the church that Jesus walked into my friends? No wonder he chose a motley crew of people to, to break religion off of the world. <laughs> oh, you're good at ripping people off. Come on, buddy. You're welcome at my table. We'll, we'll deal with your heart. You're a murderer. You just cut a dude's ear off. Bro, I put the sword away, man. Come on. Oh, you're, you're a prostitute. That's okay. Oh, you're a leper. Can I come and have dinner with you? Oh, you're a short little guy. Zacchaeus sitting in a tree. And the, the crowd is so big. 20,000 people most of the time are crowded around Jesus. You can't even walk. And, and Jesus comes up to a dude hiding in the tree. He says, hey man, can I have dinner with you tonight? Is that cool? Can you get some ribs? Some chicken wings? I've been to Israel and had the food there. It's disgusting. Dude, yeah, it's bad. Jesus needed some chicken wings. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Last point. Yeah, we have till noon. We have till noon. Um, all right. I think that was a question, but I guess I do. So, <laughs> so number two, join Jesus. This is the last point. Join Jesus in embracing the broken and running towards the messes. Man, it's not hard. In fact, Jesus just simplifies everything. He just pretty much just says, hey, your programs, all that stuff, that's cute. We want to make them excellent as possible. And really, it's your heart. Play the key, play the drums, play, do kids ministry, do youth ministry, take kids to movie, do, do all the stuff, but make sure you do it with the love and the motivation and the genuineness that Jesus had for people. Man, it's not hard. It breaks my heart, you guys. I had the opportunity of being a youth pastor for a well-known church, Mike's Mike's brother, Dave, and, and I didn't deserve it. It was literally a grace thing. I took this, we, my wife and I, if that's on the recording, my wife and I had the responsibility of 40 kids. And they told me, they said, the youth group's really messed up. And man, you're not going to. You're not going to be impressed. And I can remember walking into this youth ministry the first night and I wept. And I remember 
We didn't know what to do. And so we set a table up in front of the door. Set a table up in front of the door because we figured we got to know everybody and we got to be responsible for the kids that come in. And if you know youth, you know they don't, they're not the easiest people to read. So there was a young lady named Catherine and she came in and she was silent. She was quiet. She came in and my, my wife is literally the sweetest person in the world. And Tammy goes, hi, what's your name? She's like, Catherine. And Tammy goes, can I call you Cat? Yeah, whatever. So Tammy goes, can you just sit with me? So Tam sits this girl to our, sit next to her, and she's quiet, she's silent. If you ever want to, like, know about ministry, it's really hard. Sometimes you need a little feedback, like, you're doing a good job. So she's, and then she invites, she invites this girl to our house. She's like, Kat, come and, come and watch Hell's Kitchen with us. <laughs> come and watch Hell's, so Kat comes over, the silent partner, and literally sits on the couch in silence, watching Hell's Kitchen. A couple weeks go by, a couple months go by, and we're doing a youth ministry, and we're preaching on, I have no idea, can't remember, and Kat responds to the altar call. She responds and she came up and she had a pack of clove cigarettes. And she gave them to Tammy. And she just, it's, it's as simple as that. She gave them to Tammy. She's like, I feel like Jesus just set me free. And so the next day we were going to MFI conference right here. We're going right, flying up and Tammy puts the clove cigarettes in her purse. We jump in the, on the airplane and in the car with Dave and Donna, Tim and Kim and Jason and Karen and we're going and I don't know if you know it, but religious people are just really serious. And it's a group. It's, it's professional ministers. And we're all there and the band's doing great. And you know, you put your purse down, you put your seat down and, and I can remember. <laughs> Tammy cracks open her purse and this sweet waft of clove cigarettes just washes over Donna Patterson and my wife. And we started laughing so hard. But it's just a very, very simple, simple example. And a question, as Jesus people, would you join Jesus in embracing the broken and running? the messes. You see, Jesus runs to what we run away from. The awkward, oh wow, that guy's got a stigma. The word stigma comes from tattoo. It comes from, it comes from something permanently being put on you. And we're really good at having those things. And I just want to transition here at the end that if you feel whether you're almost done with your journey, whether you're starting your journey, wherever you're at, the snapshot of humanity, the snapshot of your life, wherever you are at. If you feel like you have one of those stigmas on your life, Jesus is going to remove it this morning. He's just going to take it away. And it's going to be instant. It's not going to be, I got to do this, I got to bring, I got to do this. If you can't afford your forgiveness, one has been and will be provided to you by the court of the Father in heaven. So would you stand with me this morning? Jesus, we recognize your 
who you are. And Father, forgive us. Would you pray this with me? And if you're new to church, if this is your first time or you're not a believer, would you just say this in your heart with me? Jesus, forgive me of making it complicated. Jesus, forgive me of complicating it. And I want to send an invitation out to whoever's in the room this morning. Two invitations. If you feel like there's a wall between you and God, Jesus is going to remove the wall this morning. And number two, if you feel like you've been in this game for a while and you're, you're done, you're kind of dry, you're kind of feeling like, man, I'm, I'm good, Jesus is going to remove that too. And he's going to put in a new passion, a new heart, and a new genuine love for people at the people's church. So if you need to, let me just be bold here this morning. And there's if everyone's eyes closed and just... If you're, if you were at that leadership meeting yesterday, could you guys begin to pray? Would you guys begin to just pray? Not, you know, just under your breath, whatever, just begin to set the atmosphere. And, and in this morning, all eyes closed. If, if that's you, if you feel like you want to surrender your life to Jesus and come to the Father and accept the forgiveness and get rid of the weight that the world puts on us, would you simply just raise your hand? Hmm. I see you. I see you. My hand's raised. And secondly, if, if you're in the room and you're, you're, you know, like I already said, man, you, you've been going through the motions, you're a little bit tired, and you need a fresh, a fresh revelation of Jesus, would you raise your hand? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Woo! I think that's everybody after that four-hour-long meeting yesterday. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have to complicate it, you guys. I, can we do this? If that's you, can you come forward? Let's just embrace the awkwardness. Let's just embrace it and just come forward. Everybody's eyes closed. Just come on forward. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to make you sign a paper. We're not going to, you know, do anything like that. We're just going to say a prayer close together. Family, you guys can come down here. Just come feel the altar this morning. And if, if you're on the leadership team, can I have you guys, you know, if you need prayer and you're on the leadership team, get down here. And if you, if you, if you're on the leadership team, Tim, can you come down and pray for people? Um, let's be aware of what Jesus is doing this morning. And this makes the Father in heaven really happy, just so you know. So can we say this prayer this morning? Jesus, I love you. Would you forgive me? Forgive me of going after other stuff. And would you come into my heart this morning and fill me up? Connect me to life and heal me instantly. Amen. There it is. It's not complicated. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you, and we're going to continue to pray. I think we got to get out of here for soon, but man, God is so good, you guys. Man, he's so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, God. We're in a holy moment right now, so Lord, Holy Spirit, just move and touch and minister to everyone. We could just... 
there's still room. Come on down if you need some prayer. The Spirit of the Lord is here in such a powerful way. I'm just going to dismiss the service, but we're not going to dismiss. We're done, but the Holy Spirit's not done. He's still working and moving.